This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's Log, Stardate. I don't know, there's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp hooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow, we got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings, and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar, and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any linked subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash OZ number nine. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. What exactly do you think you're doing? Summoning me? I'm not of the summonable classes. And yet, here you are. You sent goons. So, you are one of the goonable classes, then. I do apologize for the heavy hand, Spotty Bosch. My friends call me Spotty Bosch. Lord Bertram for you, I think. Son, I'll dub you Lady Gwendolyn of the Rose-Scented Wondermelons if I decide to, and you'll still come when I call, capiche? What is it you want, Southers? I believe I've made clear. I'm not... In a position to pay you back just yet. Well, now, you see, that's where you're mistaken. For the last time, Southers, I'm not giving you my dog. Now, that's just mean, Bertie. I already promised him to my wife. She's going on a long journey, and she could use the company. The world is full of dogs, Southers. Find another one. Perhaps some oily little cur would be more her taste. That sounds like an insult to my wife. I... no. Yeah, I now, don't get your frilly knickers in a twist. I insult her all the time. Oh, well, yes. She is rather... I said I insult her all the time. Didn't say you could. Oily little cur, huh? I'll give it to you, Bretts. You do some fine insulting. Look, why am I here? I was just sitting out for Wiggies. Scrummy nuns and dodgy dickens do. And you chose to be a nun? I already had the habit. I'd certainly like to hear that backstory. I didn't want to punch you in the mouth every time you opened it. Maybe someday you can write your memoirs. How funny you should say so. I've just bought myself the most adorable journalette for precisely that purpose. It has a likeness of my dog on the cover, you see? Sweet Waggles, I'm quite devoted to him. I'm sorry, but we'll have to figure out another way to repay my debt. To be honest, I'd forgotten about the dog. But I'll take him too. Now, don't cry into your embroidered pocket hanky there. You don't have to part ways. I really don't understand any of this. That's because you don't shut up and listen. 
You've been yakking away like a slumber party at the Lucky Charms factory. Um, See what I mean? You yap more than your Bichon freeze. Give your jaws a rest and sit, Bertie. We need to talk. The year is 2141. The launch of the Oz 8000 fleet is still a few months away. Crews are swarming the ships, stripping away everything that might be useful for long-distance space flights, and replacing the parts with cheap but shiny 3D reprints. Workers are busy gluing factory reject FitTech pods to the floors of their holds, and unwanted aromatherapy canisters are hastily being offloaded, tucked into every available corner of the ships to avoid hazmat disposal fees. Most of the work being done on the Oz ships happens in the dead of night, when inspectors are tucked into their beds, dreaming of sweet piles of cash, or folded into suitcases and heaved into the ocean, depending on their level of cooperation. And at Gated Galaxy's headquarters... You're mad! Well, now that's not the first time someone has lobbed that particular claim my way. But I think you'll find there's a whole lot of good sense being made here. Surely you're rich enough. Why do you need to do this? Hang on. You mumbled a bit there. What were those two words in the middle of what you just said? I... I said you're rich enough. Nope. Still didn't catch it. Once more. Rich. Enough. Mm, nope. I got nothing. You don't smell toast, do you? I'm perfectly sound. The scheme isn't, however. It'll never work. Far too many people are in on it. How do you expect to keep it a secret? Son, there are two mighty effective ways to convince folks to keep a secret. You seal up their mouths with money or duct tape. Long as mouths stay sealed, I'm not particularly partial to one or the t'other. I lie. Duct tape's cheaper. All right, let's say I go on this outer space journey. What possible use could I be? I can't pilot a ship or fix anything more complicated than a martini. Though I do make a splendid martini. I cut quite a figure at the student bar at uni. Bertie, my boy? Yes? For Maze la bouche. You should pardon my French. Is that what that was? My God... Now, here's the thing. My wife and your dog will be hitching a lift aboard the Oz-9. A few of my smarter scientists designed a handful of pods to survive just about anything, including the apocalypse devices I told you about. Now listen, Southers. This is mass murder. I want no part of it. My Gracie will be cozied up, shiny as a pearl in an oyster, her personal pod tracking the seed pods to the nearest terraformable planet. I need someone on that ship to keep her safe until she's away. I won't do it. It's evil. I know you live in an ivory tower full of servants and bonbons and stiff upper lips, but even you can't be completely unaware this planet is getting a mite unlivable. I'm offering you an opportunity to start over, debt-free and with a brand new planet, ripe for the pillage. But what of my life here? My friends... You have friends? Huh, well, you can take them with you. Can't be more than a handful, right? I got a bunch of my more durable pods slated for the, uh... Hang on. Uh... 
Dolce and Gabbana wing of the nine. I like the sound of that. Fashionable, but understated. Never crass or showy. That's where your wife will be. Oh, good lord, no. You keep your diamonds in the compost pile, do you? Don't you worry. My Gracie has a place of her own, away from the common rabble. I hardly think my friends and I qualify as rabble. How am I supposed to protect her if I don't know where she is? I'm having a special pair of night vision goggles added to your pod. With those, you'll be able to see the markings on the walls. Lead you right to her. Goggles? One of my class and position never wears galoshes, bolo ties, or goggles. Why can't you just tell me now? Once you've spent an hour or two on an Oz, you'll understand the futility of me giving you directions. Those ships were designed by Heronius Bosch on a bad trip, I'm pretty sure. Now see here, this has gone far enough. You're proposing... You're planning to kill, what, 20 million people? Why? Why not just send up empty ships? Huh. Frankly, I never thought of that. You really are mad. Bashi, one way or the other, those ships are set in sail. You can be on one, or... Well, that's pretty much it, really. Your time for choosing is over, I'm afraid. One moment. I never agreed to go. You borrowed a great deal of money from me to escape a pretty unpleasant and potentially fatal situation. You have so far proven unwilling to recompense me for that loan. Now you're in another pretty unpleasant and potentially fatal situation. Mr. Southers, I fully intend to repay you every penny, plus interest. I told you, I'm temporarily financially embarrassed. Son... You're broke. Stepping on board the Oz-9 is nothing if not a roll of the dice. So, if you're going to take that chance, at least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZ9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to fanrolldice.com and choose your dice, Space Monkeys, and get 10% off with code OZ9 at checkout. Your trust fund might once have been a proud and mighty pile of cash, but it's uh, looking a bit small and limp now. You catch my drift? No one could mistake you for a gentleman. Yeah, says the fellow in the habit and wimple. Why stay here? You're broke. You got no family, no prospects. You're up to your monocle in debt. I already got your dog. What? Dog walkers are notoriously underpaid, I find. You can take your friends with you. Easiest job in the world has got to be keeping my wife safe from a bunch of sleeping people. The hardest part's going to be keeping the idiot crew from knocking her pot over or tripping on her power cord or whatnot. I suppose I'm up to the task. What does one wear for such a job? My gray suit might be nice, 
authoritative without being binding, soothing, and yet quietly powerful. Oh, dear God, I'm about to knock the cheese off of this here cracker. When you land, you help Gracie with the terraforming, and within six months, your job is done, and the new world is your oyster. And what do I do then? What do you mean? Exactly what I asked. What does one do on a newly terraformed planet? Now, do I look old enough to have been on Earth at the time? Because after 15 minutes with you, I'm starting to feel it. I must admit I'm intrigued. An entirely unformed world. My every idea would be new and novel. Everything I do would be being done for the very first time. I could invent gauchos. I'll make millions. Ah, you're starting to see the light. Not entirely sure what gauchos are, but they sound delicious. Sign me up for about a half dozen. Will you be there? That's the plan. Send the wife first to set up the household, so to speak, and then I follow along once all the beds are made. That's uh, unfortunate. Uh, Still, I imagine it'll be big enough planet for the two of us. Yeah, I have yet to meet the planet big enough for me alone, but uh, we'll find a way to make it work. So, how do we do this? If I go into a pod like everyone else, how do I wake up when I need it? Alrighty now, that's the spirit. I'm way ahead of you, which uh, comes as no surprise, I'm sure. One of my, let's say, ethically unfettered scientists, Dr. Flounder, will gap the ship's AI just before launch. Gap? What does that mean? It means, uh, is there really any point in explaining this to a fellow who has a valet? I mean, are you up to date on how to operate a zipper? I think you'll find you've underestimated me, Mr. Southers. Carry on. Yeah, I sincerely doubt it, but let's give it a go. By gap, I mean Dr. Flounder will take the ship's artificial intelligence offline for just a fraction of a second. Long enough to introduce the idea of creating an emergency right after launch. What emergency? You're creating an emergency? Calm your ruffle, son. Not a real emergency. We want the AI to have a reason to bust open a few pods to wake up the crew. We can include your pod on that list. No one including the AI, will ever know the difference. I see. So, once I'm awake, I... I... What do I do then? Join the crew? I suppose I could disguise myself as one of them. My crews are engineered to be as thick as Arctic ice in the early 20th century, but even they wouldn't fall for that. No, no, there's plenty of space for you to make yourself a nice nest and stay hidden. Right, so... How does one dress not to be seen? I need to make a list. Clothes for skulking? The proper terraforming wardrobe? You have the weirdest set of priorities, bar none. You won't have to hide for long. When you get the high sign that Paco's about to blow, you hightail it back to your pod, and you and your mates get a free ride to a shiny, clean planet and a shiny new future. Do you know, I rather think I will do it. I like that you think it's your decision, son. Show spirit. Now get on the horn and gather your troops while ye may and whatnot. I've got the pod map here somewhere. Pick your pod and I'll make sure it's on the open list. Ooh, which one? Which one? Is that a window? Ooh, a view might be nice. But I don't want to be in the common section. 
away from the door in case there's a draft. These are all a bit close, aren't they? Huddling is so gauche. Son. Nineteen. That looks perfect. The feng shui of nineteen looks ideal. Power position. Commanding view. Yes, nineteen will do nicely. Hmm. Wiggy, fancy going for a bit of a ride? Note to self. Be sure Gracie is well-armed to take this idiot out before I arrive. As it turns out, Gracie was off the hook. In the loading process, the number plate on Spotty Bosch's pod came loose and flipped upside down, and he was assigned space 61. In the sort of bizarre turn of events that happens only to very lucky people, or very poorly written sci-fi characters, the number plate on pod 61 also flipped upside down, and so the two pods were swapped and no one was the wiser. Spotty Bosch melted down with the rest of the Dolce & Gabbana wing, and former Pod 61 occupant Horace McRory stepped out and into his new life as Colin Smith. This mini-episode slots neatly between episodes 31 and 32. You've been listening to Eric Perry as Mr. Southers, Kevin Hall as Spotty Bosch, and me, Richard Nadolny, as your narrator. This episode was directed by June Clark Eubanks. Our theme music was composed and performed by John Faley. Our artwork is by Lucas Elliott. Oz9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Until next time, Space Monkeys, narrator out. Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It begins, as terrible things often do, with a knife. People of Herta, chosen children of the night, a lost soul has come to us. I'm not sure if I can do this. It's always better if you just do it quick. You came to St. Kilda to escape your past, but the past isn't so easy to outrun. You always say you're changing, but underneath you're just the same. She was a child, Loki. You liar! Did you really believe this community would accept you? I think you're meant to be here. A little bird told me that you're a liar. All of this, it comes with a cost, Loki. Did you really believe you could find redemption. The time for excuses is over. The Secret of St. Kilda. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to season one now, and remember, there is no change without sacrifice. <laughs>